When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Hey, it's Robin Crane here with Melissa Myers, and we're going to talk about building a robust business with purpose because Melissa here has really transformed her business in the last few years. Um, We actually started working together back in 2018, and she's on track to triple her revenue since then. And she was just around six figures at the low six figures when she started. So over the $300,000 mark, which is amazing. But more important, more importantly than just building the business is that she's added all these layers to her business and all these components that are giving her the opportunity to provide more transformation and really have that purpose behind it. She is now, she is now definitely wasn't before, right? But now the number one best-selling author of the book called Going Rogue, Unconventional Financial Strategies for Women. And she's really taken the traditional path that is kind of taught in the industry and transform that to creating the life that she loves and also being able to do many other things, not just with her family, but um, with giving back. I know Melissa is really, really into giving back. So welcome, welcome, Melissa. Thanks, Travin. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, so good to have you here. So so awesome. So tell tell us a little bit about where your business was before, because I know you've always told me um, that you were mostly bored. And a lot of people come to me because they're kind of in this desire, like I have to kind of dire straits, I should say, to transform my business. It's do or die. And then I get a lot of women who are kind of comfortable with where they are, but they still feel like they're busting their butts to get there. So even though they're comfortable making six figures or whatever it is, they're working hard. And I think you were kind of somewhere in between where you were comfortable, but it was more, more boredom. Tell us a little about where you were and, and why you decided to even put attention to growing your business. Okay. Yeah. That was at a point about 18 years into my career. When I, when I found you stumbled across you one day when I was bored looking at Instagram (laughs) and I was about six years into being independent and having my own practice. So I had gone through the stages of figuring out all the business pieces and had relocated my office, had that in place. And I just felt like there could be something 
say more. And I'm always a person who pushes and keeps going. And so when I don't have a, a, a focus and something that I'm striving for, I tend to feel bored, like I should be doing something else. <laughs> and so when, when I started working with you, it was great because you had so many different components to your program that I was able to pick up and use what I needed when I needed it. And now almost four years later, I feel like I've got all of the bases covered and now I'm able to really be in a position where I can take it to next level. Yeah. And what's the next, what's the next level? What do you think the next level for you? I mean, you're now (laughs) best-selling author. Did you ever, by the way, think you would write a book? Was that something you had on the radar before? You know what? In It was about 2010. I told one of my managers at my former institution, hey, I think I should write a book someday. Yeah. So you <laughs> so, had the thought, but was, okay. it, was it on your radar? And then like when we, I mean, we didn't, I didn't even put on your radar, you know, when we first started meeting, but my husband obviously does that, but. Well, I kind of tiptoed into it. So in the summer of 2018, I was a contributing author editor, excuse me, contributing author to the book Journeys to Success, volume nine. And so I wrote chapter four and I thought, okay, well, that was pretty easy. I can do it. But every, like, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And it was just one of those little confidence boosters I needed to take me down that road. And I did it. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, I did that. Now I might as well just write my own book. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. And and make sure if you if you're listening right now, check it out. Going Rogue, you can get it on Amazon, I'm sure. Anybody who's interested in the book, it's available for pre-order right now. And it's at askmelissamyers.com. And Myers is M-Y-E-R-S, askmelissamyers.com. Awesome. Cool. So check it out. I and mean, we usually talk about that at the end, but I don't want to forget. And that's, that's so good. So, um, so you wrote a book and, and you're really all about always improving your business. And so you were bored and, and you thought, okay, so I, and I'm bored. I want to grow my business, but it was also more about that purpose. Tell us a little about what, what did you think, you know, you mentioned robust business. What does that mean about building a robust, robust business? And what is the purpose? And oftentimes people don't know what their purpose is, right? So what is like building it with purpose and where do you feel like that falls in for you? Well, I think over time it has evolved and, you know, at, at one point I, I had accomplished all of my goals and they were big goals. I had accomplished all of my goals before I was 40. And I was at one of those points where I was feeling like, oh my gosh, what should I be doing? I should be doing something. I'm not doing anything. Oh my gosh, I need to do something. And so as I would seek counsel and, and get coaching and ask questions about it, I was told I need bigger goals. And, and I agreed with that, but what was missing was purpose. Wait, so we got to back up a step because you're how old, 40, how old? And then you accomplished all your goals before I was 40. Yeah. Before you were 40. Like what the heck? So tell them some of the things that you accomplished, because I remember this, um, and being extremely impressed by this (laughs) and because I think most even advisors, sometimes they have the imposter syndrome because they feel like they should have, you know, all built all this wealth. And if you don't, really have the tools to build a business. It's often hard to build wealth when you're not making enough money in your business, of course. So it's almost counterintuitive, but how did you get to a point before 40 to be able to accomplish your goals? And what were those big accomplishments? Well, I had to get past my imposter syndrome. Yeah. (laughs) Because when I started out, I was young. I didn't know anything about marketing or networking. I thought I knew sales, but I really didn't. And I had a negative net worth of close to $300,000 at that point. And 
trying to talk to people about building their wealth when I didn't have wealth, it was, it, that was really hard. And I felt like I was fraudulent or, you know, not, not what they needed, but I decided just to learn and to start applying what, what I learned in my meetings with clients and started changing their life. And so that, that was kind of the beginning of it. And then when other advisors would come to me and say, Hey, I was watching you and I noticed you did this, that, or the other, can you, can we have 20 minutes to talk about that? Can you teach me what you're doing? Like that, that was rewarding. That was, I did that pro bono. It was free. I was just giving that, but it was so rewarding. So that's part of that robust business that I built is not just like today, I gave somebody a connection that they needed for, for a website. They needed a website designer. So I, I just feel good when I can connect people and connect the dots to what they need or who they need. And um, I think the one of the big things that helped in my early years is I wasn't afraid to say, I'll do that. <laughs> and it led me to opportunities that because I took kind of a leap of faith, like one, one, um, I guess it was a quarter. We used to get paid quarterly. Um, my, my boss had left and I thought, okay, well, what am I, I'll, I'll just take over and do what he was doing. Well, the upper management noticed that recognized it. And at the end of the quarter, I got paid the manager payout, not my payout. Whoa. And I had no idea going into it that that would happen. And so that was part of the transformation where I started getting larger income, you know, a higher income that could actually have traction. And so going back to your question, what did I accomplish before 40? One of them was I got my CFP. I started a business. I paid off my house. I paid cash for an in-ground swimming pool. I built out my basement and, and finished that off with nice finishes, like stuff that I wanted and didn't have to scrimp on. And got to enjoy that space and, and have a, a nice home environment. So those are some of the things that by billing, being willing to, to stick my neck out there and take chances and, and absorb the, the opportunity to learn and to grow. And, you know, there, I wasn't always perfect at it. And that's part of that humbling process that I think builds character and it makes us all real. <laughs> we could say, yeah, I tried it. It wasn't always perfect, but here we persevered. And now 21 years later, I'm still an advisor and I don't have a negative net worth anymore. <laughs> yeah. Very positive one. In fact, uh, and, it's, that's and awesome. it's cool. Like seeing, you know, my clients now that I've worked with for years and going, did you know that you're a millionaire now? <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's so cool. So what are you, what have you been doing then? Cause that was kind of like before we met and before you really started on this path. So you, then you got to you, you did it all. You got to boredom. And then what changed and what do you do from, from that timeline of boredom to where you are now? What kind of things did you change that would be helpful for them to take away and, and so they can put focus on it? Well, if you consider the title of my upcoming book, Going Rogue, <laughs> it has a lot to do with that. And largely it has to do with the, the belief system out there in the world that you know, we, we just sell investments and we're there trading stocks for our clients and we might get some insurance in place. And, and yeah, we, we might know our clients, but we don't know them as deep as we could. And we can serve them in more ways than just by talking about the investment and the performance and any statistical <laughs> um, metrics. Right. And by 
shifting and, and going to a place where I can add value and do that in a way that isn't even connected to the investment world by doing things like money coaching <laughs> and implementing what my coach Robin Crane taught me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing because people like my client this morning, she goes, we have done so much. I said, I know. And she goes, what was it? January? I said, yeah. And all of her boxes are checked. She is comfortable and she, she feels happy because she can see her progress. She doesn't have the stress. She knows she's comfortable and that there's more coming and that now we, we just have this working relationship. Whereas something like an opportunity comes up, we can troubleshoot that or we can pre-plan it. And it's not, Oh, we need to, you know, plan for these risks or these future opportunities. It's just, that's already in motion. Now it's just like, adding the icing on the cake or the sprinkles on the cake to her financial situation. That's great. So tell them a little bit about how you added money coaching and why you added that component as well and how it's helped you. I mean, obviously just from that conversation, it sounds like it's helped you provide way more value to your clients. It's not just, just like you said, going rogue. It's not just about the, what we're, we're taught and, and this is how I'm going to help you with your money in this kind of fitting it in the box, but it's outside of the box to help them more. I hate to say holistically, because I always make fun of how everybody on, on LinkedIn says I do holistic financial planning. I'm like, really? It's holistic. You mean it's the whole thing, but for, for, but in a way that's kind of true. Right. So how is, why did you, why did you get into the money coaching thing and how is it helped your business and also your clients? Well, I had a realization that regardless of how much wealth somebody has or doesn't have, that there are disconnects in their mindset between what they think they should or could do, what they could have down the road, why they don't have it at the present. Um, even, even with tons of money, there's so much stress and anxiety around it. And until you look at the numbers, and one of my clients said, oh, when you, when you know your numbers, that's when the magic happens. And, and, and I believe that that's really true because the numbers tell a story. And so when we look at financial planning, money coaching, it's part head, part heart. And when we blend those together, that's when we get the best results because they're in alignment. And my on my book, I have a, a tagline saying that this is how we align your money with your values so you can live your ideal life and be a blessing to others. Mm. And if you're operating in that space of being a blessing, you 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 can do that best when your financial foundation is in place. And so it doesn't really matter how much money you have in the market if you're constantly going in debt or making bad choices or feeling guilt or not feeling satisfied and having a personal robust financial situation is what most I don't think anybody wants to not feel satisfied or not feel secure. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny that you say it like that because I had a program called Kim Jim. I don't know if you remember this, but yeah. I had a program called Kim Jim, which stands for know your money to grow your money. And I did money coaching. And uh, when I was in early on in the industry, when I was a financial advisor, and it was very outside the box because no one at, I was at uh, originally at Woodbury Financial. No one was saying you should do money coaching and no one was talking about money coaching. And I'm sure, you know, there are other money coaches, but it wasn't really a thing. And I was realizing similarly that that just selling them the box, which I call selling the box, you know, like the insurance or the money management or whatever, it wasn't necessarily getting them a result that what you just said is not something that I put it that way, but like the heart, 
here I am the heart and the head and put that together in alignment. That's true. And, and when you know your money, you do grow your money. Wealthy people understand where their money is, what's coming in, what's going out and what's going on with their money. And it's not about the returns of the market. It's typically about, and which, which is a, a factor for sure, but it's more about the alignment that this is going to get me on track to reaching my goals, to be able to have the, the robust life that I want. Um, that's amazing. So what I love about it, and, and you know, cause and I don't know if all you listening know my book, but my latest book is called make more money, help more people. And we talk about that so much because it doesn't matter. You triple your revenue. If you're not helping more people and make more money for the sake of making more money, nobody's satisfied with just making more money or even having more money. It's all about what does that money do for you? And for you to be able to triple your business. And I I know this is just the beginning because you're going to keep like you're compounding and compounding, compounding, but you're always looking at the transformation and the end, end result of how you impact more lives. So what is, what is it that you've done in your business where besides just making the money, but things that where you feel like besides the money and just and money coaching that you've really added, that you feel gives so much more value to the client experience and, and even the prospecting experience, like what has changed that you feel like is, is making a bit bigger impact on their lives? Because I've implemented a process that, that you taught me, we can, we can take our time and we can, to first of all, make sure it's a good fit. And I always tell people, like, if they say, hey, you know, why should I hire you? Or, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to other advisors just to let you know. I always say, great, awesome. I think you should because you need to feel comfortable in who, whom you're taking advice from. Because if you don't feel comfortable taking advice from somebody, it's never going to feel good. You're never going to fully implement. You're never going to get everything that they could offer you. And so, yeah, take your time and find, find the right fit. So by slowing down and not just trying to find the the nugget or the the one thing that will get them to bring over their account or um, you know do do something that needed to be done with me, we can have it as a process and they find out things along the way they didn't know before, quantitative and qualitative. And they, when, when they're, you know, in the middle of, of that process, they've got action steps that immediately they can put into place and start already on their own taking action. And then because it's sequential, the biggest thing that they say is, oh my gosh, thank you for holding me accountable. (laughs) Or I know you were going to ask me about that because we talked about it last time, but now I have to just tell you, I have nothing but excuses right now at the moment because I didn't do it. Yeah. 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 And then we can figure out why, you know, was it something out of their control or was it a reluctance and going into more of that mindset and mindset is, you know, I think it's like 90% of the the indicator if it's going to work out or not. Yeah. So it's a process is implemented from you. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because you you said slow down the process, and um, I was just talking to one of the femmes, one of the other ladies in our program, um, Anne Marie. She's at Edward Jones, and she was saying how she has the the steps. So we talk about, and I'll give so the listener knows what, what the heck we're talking about. But when you get a prospect, we typically will drive them to what we call a ten minute call. And that's usually a call or Zoom or something like that. And then from that 10-minute call, we drive them to a discovery call or or session, could be in-person or online. And then from there to a strategy session, 
And some, some people like Melissa charge for that strategy session. Cause when you get good at it, it's actually more beneficial to the client to pay for that. Cause they value it. They get a ton of, um, just value and understanding and clarity from that and from the strategy session then to a client. So if we add that all up and Anne-Marie did the math for me, she spends about an hour and 45 minutes total from cold lead to then becoming a client but it's in three appointments and some, one of her supervisors or, you know, she's gotten some negative feedback probably from the men in the industry who think it should be fast. Like you said, usually you're taught, you get a lead and you try to figure out like fact find and figure out what are they, what are they missing? What can I sell them? And then get like the foot in the door approach and let me get them putting $300 a month into their Roth or let me get some, them some insurance, like quickly, quickly get them to become a client because once they're a client, that means they're in. And instead And when Anne-Marie was doing this, she said it would take, you know, the whole process that she was given before, it was fewer steps, but it took like three hours because you'd spend a lot more time, a lot more time convincing, and there wasn't as much buy-in and her closing ratio was way lower. So she spent way more time. And then there was like the amount of follow-up in between those things, because there wasn't a clear call to action and drive to the next step. She was doing so much chasing. So she was like, oh my gosh, the amount of time I was spending before is so much higher. And now she's, I mean, her closing rate is so much, is way better than it was before. So much higher. And in addition to that, I mean, she was on track for like 48,000. Now she's on track for over a hundred. And it's, it's like, it's night and day. And someone was giving her like, oh, you shouldn't be doing it in three steps. That's too long. So you're slowing. So you said, I mentioned that because you said you're slowing down the process, but if you were to look back at the, the time, especially if we do it cohesively with like 10 prospects, because if your closing rate is better, even if it took twice as much time, it actually isn't taking twice as much time in the long run. Cause you make more money in less time. Right. But when you're looking at where you were before, when you were kind of in the boredom phase, to now, is it, is it slower? Is it really slower or is it that it just is more relaxed and more like step-by-step and more focused on giving the client what they need? I don't know. How would you describe it? I think that clients have a bit of an inversion to making an appointment because they think they're going to have all of these things to do. And by slowing it down and just having a quick conversation, making sure, first of all, with that 10 minute call that I could probably help them or not and connect them if, if needed. And then moving it, if they want help, moving it to that discovery session. And at that point, I give a little bit of homework. And, and it's super easy homework. But the, the first call is not, no preparation on their end. The second appointment is nothing financial that they have to give me. It's just two quick little forms. And then in that next appointment, then they can bring in their financials. So that is slowing it down. And there's still clients who will just come and, you know, give you everything. Here's my folder. What do we need to do? Right. But we can we can put a pause on that and ask those deeper heartfelt questions and and talk about what's kind of keeping them, you know, awake at night or um, causing them stress and, and anxiety when it comes to their money or what just what their goals are. It sounds like it's when you say slowing it down, it's pacing the prospect to what, like meeting them where they are. Like I have these questions in each stage of the sale. Like, are they curious? If they're curious, you just drive them to the 10 minute call. Are they indicating that they want help? Then you drive them to the discovery call. Are they indicating they want your help? You drive them to the strategy session. So we can even skip steps. But what you're saying is like, you're slowing it down to me, that means you're meeting them where they are. Like they're not ready. Sometimes someone comes in the hand, you all the statements are ready and you still got to back them up 
because yeah. they're, they're actually going to potentially make a mistake, like go all in and then have the regret or the buyer's remorse type of thing. Or like this happened with, with someone who was at my event this past weekend. She said, she spent four hours. She went right to their house, spent four hours, filled out all this paperwork, did annuity. Uh, I think insurance, life insurance as well left thinking like, I got this, like I got, you know, like not like I'm on cloud nine just cause I closed business, but she was like, figured it was in the bag. I mean, you do all, four hours with them in their first appointment and then ended up with all this paperwork done, ready to submit. And they like called her the next day and recanted and said, actually, we have other, you know, we decided not to do this. And she said, do you mind telling me? She was actually pretty good about it, but she said, do you mind telling me what happened? Or did I do something? She didn't say, did I do something wrong, but it was something that changed your mind that I did so I can get feedback and know what to do better. I said, we have other, we just have other ideas. Okay. So that's like an excuse for uh, I'm scared or I wasn't ready yet, or I thought I was ready, but we did too much too fast, you know, and it was, it was overwhelming and then they backpedal. Right. So, so that doesn't always happen, but it could happen. And so slowing down the process, I think in, in a way to me, it's just more intentional and then you filter, right? Because you're like, if this person, like, let's say that same couple that she worked with for four hours, if they didn't get past the 10 minute call, she would figure that out. And then she doesn't have to spend three hours and 50 more minutes to get paperwork that never ends up going through. And even walking through the process, it's pacing them so that they're ready and checking in with them, understanding the mindset. You said 90% mindset, mindset stuff that's holding them back. So you can actually handle that up front because the only reason they changed their mind was a mindset reason. That's it, right? It wasn't the strategy. It wasn't the, you know, I'm sure it wasn't her. It was just like something shifted and freaked them out in their mind, or they got shiny penny syndrome and just wanted to chase something else. But whatever it was, that was a mindset shift that deter that influenced and determined the behavior, which was canceling, right? Which in, in, in turn influenced the result, which was, you know, not, not getting the insurance and all those things. So I think what you're talking about is, it's really valuable to understand because so, so oftentimes the industry is like, just, just get them to become a client, just get, get that. Right. And then they feel sold instead of taken care of. And in yeah. the end, they still get a better, better experience, but they also, they, I'm sure you get better closing ratios and high end clients, like better, better quality clients. Go ahead. Right. And more fun. <laughs> Right. It's just not just about closing them. It's about having fun with them. It, they, you know, they become my friends and I, I want to spend time with them outside of the office and I want to help them in other areas. So yeah, it's slowing it down. And there's a, a coach out there who her mantra is close them on the first appointment. And the way that I interpret that is we're slowly closing them in each step instead of getting the signature in the first appointment. And that's what right. I used to have to do when I worked at the bank. We had to have four sales appointments a day and wow. they were one hour blocks. So we had to, you know, work really quickly and, and try to figure it all out. And by, by slowing it down, it adds to the quality of the whole experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's in slowing it down. I get, I think it's just a word choice. Like in the end, it takes less time in the end. It's a better experience in the yeah. end. It's not that it's slow. It's just, it gives them the feeling that they're not rushed. I, to me, when you say slowing it down, I think it just means they don't feel rushed and it's, they don't it's feel more like intentional in everybody's end. Yeah. Well, and you know, you're like, you like to say peeling back the layers of the onion, it, it, typically I work with, with single women, but if it is a co client couple situation, there's always something that comes up that they'll look at each other and say, Oh, we never thought about that. Or we've never talked about that. Or, or he or she might say, 
that's been on my mind, but we, we, we never talk about it. And I don't want that pressure or something like that. You know, there's something that was disconnected and just by taking time to have conversation more, if you listen, right. More comes out of the conversation. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, tell, tell them, I was just thinking about, you told me before we started recording about, um, you were at this party and this guy started talking to you. Tell them the difference of that conversation, how it was recently versus how maybe it used to be, or just, just how it could be if, if you were like, kind of traditional advisors wanting to work with anyone who breathes. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, the outcome of the conversation was that I, I left and I didn't give him my business card. I didn't have it, but I didn't want to. And I just kind of shrugged it off and said, get, get my number from, from Jessica. But, um, he, he was, he was asking me questions. I was like, uh, totally unexpected. It was not the, like, yeah, I didn't think I was there to be interviewed and he didn't know coming to the party, he was going to be there interviewing me, but I knew by the way he was asking me questions about performance and returns and, and what I do and how, how do I do it and who I work with. And so I was able to say, you know, cause I'm all about lifestyle. And so I was able to reply with a, a statement much to the effect of, you know, it doesn't matter how much money we make in the market. It's about what you do on the day to day. And so I blend heart and head so that you can have the best results. And, you know, what, what is right in an investment portfolio for you might be totally different than for somebody else. So to give you a, a, a quote on performance, I can't do that. Yeah. And I didn't. And, <laughs> and you're like, uh, get my number from somebody else, which was you just being nice because you're like, not going to say, you know what? I don't want to work with you. Stop trying to talk to me at this party. <laughs> yeah. The people won't take that action. That's great. I want to, I want to end with something that, uh, I just had a, an event called positioning yourself for profits. You've been there. Um, really it's all about mindset messaging and marketing and to position yourself in a way that you can attract the the right people. And when those, the wrong people like that guy that come up to you, it's like, you can say no to him because next there's plenty of fish in the sea and the right people. But the, the approach that I teach and that you've been able to use to get ideal clients, I think is very different than what the industry teaches. And someone at the event, literally when we were at lunch, got this text, or, or I guess it was an email that um, from her company that said where to prospect. And she took a screenshot and she was showing me and I was I was like, oh my God, you can't make this stuff up. Like I, and then I brought it to the room and I'm like, seriously, seriously, listen to this. Seriously, seriously, listen to this. Like, this is insane. Okay. So I'm going to read it because I just looked it up on my phone as, as you were saying that. So this says where to prospect. It does say choose one approach. So they are trying to get you to, 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 you know, be intentional here, but it says, okay, number one, your favorite place to shop. Okay. Check this out. Check this out. Your favorite place to shop. These are the people who have similar interests. So it's easier to start up a conversation. So there you are at whole foods. Okay. You're like, Oh, everybody at whole foods must be just like me. And we're going to talk about organic food. So I'm sure they're going to be super qualified and I'll have millions of dollars if they're, I mean, at least whole foods, is that's like a little bit higher net worth. Right. So we might say that that could be true, but I'm pretty sure that most of you don't want to start chatting everybody up in line when you're buying organic avocados. Um, second option, second, second place here. This is, this is the one that's, that's, uh, they're all hilarious, but this it gets more and more funny as we go along here. This is places you go with your kids and family. So, I mean, we have a pretty, you know, plush life and everything, but we still take our kids to Chuck E. Cheese. And I'm just imagining being at Chuck E. Cheese 
And if I was an advisor being like, hey, through the ice hockey things and through you know the, the Chuck E. Cheese like songs and you're like, hey, um, how about uh, your finances? Let's talk about that. Like, do you have a financial advisor? Like, what are you going to say? And I asked this woman who gave this to me, I, I said, what were you taught to say to them? Because we we're working on messaging. And she said, um, I, I work in insurance and investments. Like that's her big line. So imagine you're at Whole Foods and you're like, hey. Uh, nice avocados. I work in insurance and investments. Want my help? And then you go to Chuck E. Cheese. You're like, hey, I work with investments and insurance. Um, yeah, my kids uh, playing air hockey. Want my help? Hey, <laughs> like just so crazy. And then the last number three, number three, this is this is the really, really good one. This literally says, and I said, this is what just reminded me because I said this word. It says everywhere. No joke. It says everywhere. And under it says, if there are breathing people, if there are breathing people there, you can go and prospect. Are you kidding me? Like this is so bad. We don't narrow it down, right? (laughs) Yeah. Way to narrow it down. Pick one of these everywhere. Anyone breathing, everyone with a pulse. And, and I mean, there's a lot we talked about with this, you know, creating a robust business and being intentional and and having purpose. And I'm, I'm bringing something up. We didn't talk too much about which is prospecting, but I think the, the whole purpose of this is, is in the purpose of your business is to build your ideal business so you can have your ideal life and to transform more lives. Like we're only in the industry because we really want to help people. None of you listening are thinking you're in the industry just to make money and you just, you'll close people and convert them into clients, even if they weren't the right fit, um, just to get the money. Like there's no way you'll put them in annuity just because you want a high commission. No, there's no way you, you sell them insurance just because you want the commission. No way. None of you listen. Some people might do that. None of you listening to this podcast is thinking, I want to get clients just for the sake of making money and not even helping them. So it's, it's important to have that intention, like to, to transform people's lives, but not at the sake of, you know, just giving up all of your time and giving everything to everyone, because that doesn't actually even serve them at high level, but having intention of who you want to work with, having intention of how to drive them through the process where you listen to them, you pace them, you, you do, you do it slowly where you're not rushing them. Like Melissa said, and being able to give so much value every step of the way, every step of the way you're giving so much value that they're getting an incredible experience working with you, even probably before they sign on the dotted line, which is why they do sign on the dotted line. And then that's how you continue to perpetuate your business in a way where you're really creating an awesome business because you love your clients. Like you said, um, you know, I'm so excited. We have our, uh, we have an event coming up for my, my ladies, my femmes coming up very, very soon. And the first day we're just going to go have fun. (laughs) Like, I can't wait to hang out with you and the other ladies, like to just hang out and have a blast. And in all that we'll be masterminding and having a good time together. But it's so cool because the magic happens when you're working with people you absolutely love. So like you have fun in the process. So anything else to add and then tell them uh, where to find your book. I just want to say thank you. And what you've done is you've created a way to help so many people. It's a trick or, you know, the ripple effect. So we're all part of that and we're all our own little ripples in, in the making. So, um, my book, you can find it at askmelissameyers.com. It's available for presale there. And, um, I'm also on carmelfp.com. That's K-A-R-M-E-L-F like financial, P like planners.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next time. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the appointment generator challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. 
We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system and you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone, whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.